funny story. My first job in a newspaper was about sports, writing sports, and that was not my call either. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know a lot about sports. I remember my friends were like, you are writing about sports? What can you say about sport? That the uniforms are cool or something like that? <laughs> Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, it is September, which means we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month here on the podcast. We are amplifying the voices of leaders and executives who are Latinx. So tune in every two Tuesday now through October 15th to hear how they have turned up the volume towards great career breakthroughs. We're also showcasing some of our favorite episodes that spotlight Latinx voices from previous seasons, including the original influencer Perez Hilton, new Majority Ready's Jackie Hernandez, and Down North America's president, Luis Vega. Check us out at leadwithyourbrand.com slash Latinx to check out the full collection. And this week, I happen to be speaking at the Out and Equal Workplace Summit, which is the world's largest gathering for LGBTQ workplace equality. And because we're at the intersection of Latinx and LGBTQ+, I'm super excited about today's guest. It is Carlos Zapata, news anchor and reporter at Telemundo Stations. But before we get to my buddy Carlos, I want to talk a little bit about your brand. Now, I just got back from an amazing trip to Japan for a little bit of work and a little bit of play, and let me tell you, it was amazing. Because Japan is quite simply the land of brands. It is the home of Sony and Toyota and Cup of Noodles, and literally everywhere you go are big, major global brands from abroad as well as home-based in Japan. Now, I've been in Japan so many times. I first did foreign exchange there when I was 13 years old. And then many of you know that I expatted in Osaka, Japan back in 2000 and 2001 on the opening team of Universal Studios Japan. And I had an amazing time going back to visit Universal Studios Japan and catching up with so many old friends and getting a chance to experience the park, how it's evolved over the past 22 years. And you know what? What I was thinking when I was there was that everything in Japan 
is about an amazing experience, right? Whether I was going to Universal Studios Japan theme park or shopping at a mega department store on the Ginza like Mitsukoshi or sitting down at a classic old school formal Japanese restaurant like Tofuya Ukai underneath Tokyo Tower, everything is truly about a thoughtful, branded experience. You know, when I just went in to buy candies from the department store, it was all about these beautiful displays and their employees greeting you and talking to you, even though they knew that I probably couldn't really communicate with them because it is only skoshi nihongo ga wakadimasu, right? Just a little bit of Japanese do I understand and speak. But it was all about that full experience of how do I wrap up your gift and tape it in a beautiful bag? And how do I walk out from the counter and hand it to you? And how do I greet and bow and exit you out from my store? And it was the same thing when I sat down for that amazing meal, right? It was all about the artful display of sushi and food and tofu and our server coming in and beautifully explaining each dish and even cooking some of it right in front of us, right? It wasn't just an in-and-out meal. It was an entire experience. And even though I've been to Universal theme parks and worked at Universal theme parks all around the world and earlier in my career, nothing is like the experience of Universal Studios Japan where Every single one of the crew members comes out and is dancing, is talking to you, is interacting with you. And it made me realize, what is the true brand experience that you are giving? Now, of course, we want to be thoughtful about our brand. How do we show up in terms of what we wear? What does our work product look like? Do we do gorgeous PowerPoints, right? Are we thoughtful about the way we create documents and send email? Yes, all of that counts. But at the end of the day, that true Japanese differentiator was how they made you feel. So don't forget when you're working on your brand, yes, the trimmings are important. Yes, absolutely, the quality of your work is necessary to be at the top. But don't forget about how you interact with people. Because after all, I know we've been in all sorts of customer service experiences, but we go back to the places where we have a great relationship and ultimately we trust the people. So are you building that brand where people are engaged with you as an individual and they trust you and are willing to come back and guess what? Even willing to have a lot of grace and forgiveness when you don't come through on consistency. Well, I am super excited about our show for today. Our guest is Carlos Zapata. Now, Carlos is a native of Colombia who began his journalism career in Ecuador. He's an award-winning bilingual journalist. Carlos has spent nine years working at Telemundo-owned stations and recently returned to KXTX after serving as a reporter and news anchor for Telemundo 47 WNJU in New York City for nearly two years. Now, while at KXTX in Dallas-Fort Worth from 2013 to 2020, Carlos worked his way up from video journalist to news anchor. 
He covered numerous breaking news stories and was dispatched to the Texas-Mexico border on special assignment to report on the humanitarian crisis. At WNJU in New York City, Carlos continued to report on U.S.-Mexico border issues. Carlos is the recipient of a 2022 National GLAAD Media Award for his reporting work and contributions to WNJU's June 2021 special LGBTQ Pride, 52 Years of Struggle and Evolution. He's received 14 Lone Star Emmy Awards and seven New York Emmy Awards, including Best Live Reporter and Features Human Interest Reporter. Before joining NBC Universal, he worked at TV stations in Fort Myers, Naples, Florida, was a columnist and contributor at De Latinos magazine, and worked for several TV and radio stations in Ecuador. We'll be back in just a few moments with Telemundo's Carlos Zapata. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I have an amazing guest with us today. It is Carlos Zapata. Carlos, what is going on? Hello, Jason. Good to hear you, my friend. And thank you very much for the invitation. It's an honor to be here with you, and I'm glad that we make it happen. Yes, well, I'm so thrilled to finally have you on the show. I've been dying to have you, but let's jump in and kick off because when we talk about professional brands, we're always talking about the elevator pitch and how you introduce yourself. So Carlos, tell me when you first meet people, how do you explain who you are and what it is that you do? I think I just tell people that I'm a regular guy with a very public job. And that's what coming the next question that comes up and what do you do for a living? As I said, I just tell stories for a living. Ooh. And I have the opportunity to meet different people and tell the stories of their lives or just trying to put some perspective on what's going on in the country, in the state. And that's basically what I do. Instead of telling them that I'm a news anchor or I'm a journalist or because at the end of the, we are all humans. And I try to relate more in that aspect. I think that when, when you share with people that you are in this industry, some people can have this idea like, oh my God, you are on television or something like that. And that's not my brand. My brand is to look, be someone that you can relate to it, somebody that is in in your circle, somebody that you can talk about anything. And that's kind of how I describe myself. Yeah. So I love that you make a distinction that your brand is different from specifically what you do, right? In fact, your brand is almost how you do it. But let's talk a little bit about what you do in terms of your career, because you're a, you're a journalist by trade, right? So talk to me when you think back over your career, what have been some of the breakthrough moments for you that got you to where you are today as you know a reporter and anchor? Actually, I'm almost hitting a 10-year anniversary of my biggest breakthrough, and I'm talking about uh, 
one conference with the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. This happened in Anaheim, California. And I remember that I went to a workshop that CNN organized. And this workshop, you have to apply to be selected to be part of this workshop. I didn't hear about the workshop until the deadline closed already. So I have to look for the president of this organization and kind of stalk him online to tell him, like, listen, <laughs> I want to be part of this seminar. I understand that the deadline is already closed, but I really want to be part of it because I remember the title of the Pod, uh, the, title, the title of the conference was The Future of Hispanic Journalism in the United States. So when I saw that title, I was like, I want to be part of that future. I was looking for that breakthrough moment. Um, during that time, I was back in Florida, in Naples, Florida. I was part of Univision in Southwest Florida during that time. And I was looking forward to take a step forward in my career for almost 10 years, I worked for a local station in Southwest Florida, but it was not part of the corporation. And I just want to experience that. And I knew that the only way that I can do it was trying to network and be part of a larger group. And after I tried to connect with Hugo Valda, that he was a president of uh, NHA during that time, yeah. I got lucky. And I think that I went to another conference in Miami. And I met him in person and I said, like, listen, I've been trying to get in contact with you and any chance that you can help me to get into this workshop. And I think that I was so persistent that that's something else that I want to talk about later on, being persistent and what do you think is right for you? That he just looked me in the eye and said, like, you know what? You are in. Ooh. And I'm like, um, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. We will talk about it later. And like, Three or four days after, I receive an email where I follow up in our conversation. And I said, I remember we met in Miami. I'm interested to join the workshop. And he said, like, yes, you are in. So that was part of my biggest point in my career, just to get into in the industry, in the real industry. Because after that, during the workshop, I have the opportunity to meet a news director from Dallas, Texas, in Telemundo. And it was the second time that I saw him. I remember that I saw uh, Jose Flores the first time that I went to an NHA conference in Orlando, Florida. And he, during that conversation, he told me, like, you are not ready yet. I think that you have to evolve a little bit more to become a reporter. But after we saw each other again during that, press, uh, during that seminar, almost six years after, he told me, you are ready. Wow. Just send me send me your resume and we can start this conversation. So as part of my process, since I met him in Orlando until I saw him again in Anaheim, it passed like five years. But every month, I will send him an email with a link of what I thought was my biggest story of that month. Yeah. And just saying like, hey, this is me. I'm here again. I just want to hear your feedback. Please let me know if there is anything that I can improve on or anything that you think that I can do better. And sometimes I hear back from him. Sometimes I did not. But I keep sending the message and I keep mm -hmm. making sure that my, my name stayed on his head. 
And long story short, after that conversation in Anaheim is when I have my first interview for a position here in Telemundo. It was not for Dallas. It was from another market in Texas. It didn't happen for, I don't know what reason, but I didn't give up because I really want to be part of this company. And later on, I have a phone call about coming to Dallas. And you have been here. So you know that <laughs> I remember the day that I put on step in this newsroom. I was like, I have to work here because I call this place the News Palace. And I think that in this company, a lot of people refer to this as the News Palace because 10 years ago, this was the largest, newest, and the better facility that the company had. So I had, I was like, I have to work here. That was my dream to work for something like this. And, and I remember even during the last part of the interview with Jose Flores, he told me anything else that you want to ask me before we leave? I said, like, no, just give me, can you give me 30 seconds? And I just, he was like, why? And I said, I just want to visualize myself in this place because I feel that this is going to be my home. Ah. And I was so de determined to see myself here, and it's been 10 years. And I went to New York, and they brought me back. So definitely, this is this is my home, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're home in DFW. So, uh, so, Carlos, talk to me. What happened at that workshop that was that so changed your life? And I saw recently you even posted the photo of it from 10 years ago on, on social media. But what happened at the workshop that kind of gave you all of these great connections and this inspiration? You know, I was a, a reporter from a very small market, Market 69, for those of you that don't know about television business our industry is divided by markets and the higher that you are in the rank closer to number one is the better market that you have so i was on market 69 on general market is a market in the middle of the pack and just for myself to be seated to people that work in markets like new york market like um, Los Angeles that they are in the top of the list but like but I'm the one that I'm market 69 so <laughs> I see myself surrounded by these colleagues that they are in the level of their career that I want to be and they want to be part of this same seminar that they will promote in the future of journalism here in the United States but like this is a big deal yeah. and I remember Ramon Escobar, he was with CNN during that time. He was um, part of the talent recruitment team for CNN, and he was prior with Telemundo. So I follow his career as well. He's a uh, Colombian. He's Colombian like me. So for me, just to have a reference that a Colombian can make it in the big companies like CNN or Telemundo, it was an inspiration. So just to be in the room with him and learning from him and all these colleagues that they were there, that was like a dream control, even just just to, to be part of that room and to be part of that circle. And now that I look at the picture that I recently posted on my social media about this workshop 10 years ago, I have seen all these colleagues going to an amazing place. And I'm one of those stories too. So when I when I was part of a workshop talking about the future of journalism, I didn't know that I was going to be part of the future, but oh. I have that desire. Yeah. And now 
I am part of this new project here in this company. It's the first regional newscast that Telemundo have. Uh, it was launched one year ago. So it's part of uh, the future of the company too. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about the the newscast that you came back to Dallas to to launch and work on. What's new and exciting with it? Exciting? Well, I, I have always seen Texas like a country, even um, size-wise, population-wise. And coming from South America, we have we have more population than Ecuador. We are larger than other countries in South America. So for me, when they approached me to this project and they were talking to integrate different Telemundo stations from all parts of Texas to create a newscast in the morning that it was going to be the first regional newscast for the company, was like this is like working for a national product in one of our countries because Texas is big and we reach 14 different TV stations now. We have also um, correspondents and a couple of, of them. We are also working with newsrooms in San Antonio, in El Paso, in McAllen, in Houston, here in DFW, and in another parts of, of Texas. So it gave me, give me the opportunity to see this state that give me so much in another perspective because at the end, Texas always has a, a special place in my heart professionally and personally. Professionally, because it was my first opportunity to join Telemundo and NBC. And that has been the highlight of my career so far. And personally, because I met my husband here and he's a Texan. He was born here <laughs> in Texas. So at the end. And so, Carlos, talk to me. When you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Hmm. You know, I knew that I want to be a journalist since I was 12, 12 years old. Wow. I remember that um, I grew up in Medellin, Colombia, and in my my school, we have a school newspaper. And I remember that my dream was to write for that newspaper. Unfortunately, um, I grew up when all the narcos were in the high peak in Colombia. So being a journalist during that time was the most dangerous job that you can have in Colombia. Mm. And I remember when I mentioned to my mom, I want to be a journalist. I'm an only child. So my mom was like, mm, no, I don't think that <laughs> I want to be a journalist. And I'm like, why? I love to be a journalist. And she's like, no, but you know, it's so dangerous to be a journalist here. And I don't think that this is your call. And I'm like, but I feel that this is my call. Anyway, long story short, she convinced me that journalist was not my call, and I went for engineering school. Um, I studied two years to become an industrial engineer, and oh, I had fun, yes, but I sucked at math. It was I was really bad in calculus and calculus <laughs> and all of that. I remember that I used to cry a lot, like how I'm gonna get this together, and. At the end, I end up dropping out of engineering school, and we moved to Ecuador. 
So Ecuador was a different country. Ecuador during that time, it was more peaceful than there is right now. Right now, Ecuador is going through a really hard time on mm. security and um, they're going through a really rough times, similar to what I experienced on my childhood in Colombia. But when I arrived to Ecuador, I told my mom like, okay, listen, there is not violence here. There are no journalists being killed or kidnapping here. Can I go back to consider to study journalism? And I think that she was so worried that I was not going to study anything. But she said, like, okay, let's, let's try journalism. journalism. I enrolled myself on journalism school. And I was so intense and passionate about this that in my first semester, I have my first internship. And they hire me after one month being an intern. Wow. And I stay over five years just writing about economics. Funny story. My first job in a newspaper was about sports, writing sports. And that was not my call either. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know a lot about sports. I remember my friends were like, you are writing about sports? What can you say about sport? That the uniforms are cool or something like that? You know, like, <laughs> but it was part of, you know, it was part of my first assignment. And I just have to write like 20 or 30 different leads a day about sports activities. And I was lucky enough to stay in the company. They moved me around. First, I was like in the assignment editor area, just paying attention to different media outlets and making reports to the editors of what was going on in the country. And then I have my first opportunity to become a writer for the economics area of the newspaper. Mm. And I stayed there and this little newspaper was called Diario Eloy. And while my friends at school, they have to write five leads as a homework I can show an article in a newspaper and I don't want to sound pretentious or anything like that. But sometimes yeah. that was that was my only way to show that I was doing my homework because I studied from seven in the morning until one PM and then at one thirty my shift at the newspaper start until eleven thirty at night. Wow. So I didn't have a lot of time to to do homework, but I was blessed enough to talk with my teachers and say like listen i'm already on the field there is any chance that i can bring my articles as my homework and you will validate that as my homework and they were great gracious enough to give me credit for those um articles as my homeworks so i was very lucky to have the support of my teachers the support of my bosses and and be able to thrive on this and and one day I remember I never had interest in becoming a TV journalist. But one day I was at the Secretary of Economics in Ecuador office, just waiting for a press conference. And I saw my colleagues from the TV industry come for the press conference. And I was wondering, like, oh my God, how this work will how this work will work. Because it's so different being from News from a newspaper to the television station, you have to talk differently, the image, anything. It was so different. And I was like, somebody asked me, like, will you be interested to have a job on television? I'm like, hmm, maybe. And, <laughs> and that's how, 
that's how the opportunity came up to me. And one of my former editors in the newspaper, she was the news director of Equavisa during that time, that is the main network in Ecuador. And I called her and I said, like, hey, I'm interested to hear what do you have for someone that wants to explore an opportunity on TV? And she's like, I think that I have something. Do you want to come and talk? Yes, I went to talk with her. And it was the position was news coordinator. It sounds fancy, but it was just <laughs> a person who, who answered the phone and organized the agenda of the day. So that was my first job on television. And after that, after six months, I become a news assignment editor. That it was the one that decides what stories are we going to cover, how we're going to cover, coordinate uh, teams of reporters and camera guys and be behind the logistics. So I think looking back, I think that I was very lucky to have a lot of the fundamentals of the industry. Fundamentals meaning I learned how to write in a newspaper. And then how did you get from uh, Ecuador in TV news to working in Florida? Um, well, my mom lives in Naples, Naples, Florida, and, and I used to come to visit her every summer. And they have, during that time, Naples, Florida was not as developed for the Hispanic community as it is right now. So the Hispanic community was just given the first step on media and just developing, you know. And I remember that I used to watch this show every Saturday. It was the only show in Spanish in Southwest Florida TV. And I watched it like probably like for two or three summers. And then my mom uh, gave me the opportunity to emigrate through her legal um residence and I was able to come to the States and I watched this show constantly and I keep watching and I keep watching until I was able to get back on my field and I remember they always put a phone number and I called that day to that phone number and I said like listen I have a couple of years of experience on TV I've been watching your show and I think that I have a couple of ideas that I want to share with you. Ooh. You guys be open to meet with me. Wow. And and they were in the middle of the show, live, at 7 in the morning. So this guy was very like, yes, 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 yeah, of course, yes, yes, yes. What's your phone number? We're going to get back to you. Yes, yes, we have to go. Because they were live, you know. And I asked for his phone number. His name was Jose Fernandez. And I asked Jose for his phone number and the way I can follow up after the newscast was over. And they gave me an opportunity to meet. I remember that I put a presentation together of what were their strengths, what were their weakness, where I can see an opportunity for the show to develop. And I remember that I went to this meeting and I brought all these folders and I remember to see all these people like, oh my God, I'm talking about this 20-year-old something showing up to a meeting with a couple of guys talking about the ideas that I have for the show. Anyway, <laughs> after I, I, I did my presentation, and after that, they said, like, okay, we're going to consider this, and we call you. I think that they didn't call me after one month, and the universe works in mysterious ways. 
I received a phone call from the TV company. <laughs> and they say, like, uh, we want to hire you. Do you have any chance to, talk, to, to come and talk with us? I'm like, I just started another job. But yes, I can stop by in the afternoon and we can talk. So at the end, I started working at in The Latinos was the name of the TV show. The company was called Media Vista Group. They published the first Hispanic magazine in South Florida in Spanish. They produced the first um, variety show in South Florida. They produced the first newscast in Spanish in South Florida that I was able to be the um, executive producer for that one and also the news anchor for that one. So I, I did a lot of firsts in South Florida to the point that that's when I started to look for something else. And that's how I came up to Telemundo, looking for an for a second opportunity or something else in my career. And if you ask me, what is one of your motives? Like, what's next for me? I'm always thinking, like, what's what's the next project that I can put my input on? What's the next thing that I can work on? And that way, I keep evolving and not staying in, in one place. Yeah. And so, Carlos, talk to me a little bit about your brand. Give me three words that describe Carlos Zapata. Storyteller, human, and passionate. Mm. Um, I, have, um, I have a passion for storytelling, and especially if it's a human interest story. When people are going through hardships or when people are going through something that changed their life, it's so powerful to have the opportunity to share that with somebody else and maybe change the perspective of someone or being able to talk about this big obstacle that this person overcome or trying to teach something about someone's experience. That's what makes my brand unique because at the beginning of this conversation, I mentioned that I'm just I'm just a regular guy with a very public job. Yeah. And I like I like to connect in that level. If you ask me what's my brand, give me a good human interest story and I'm the right to tell it. Yeah. And so Carlos, has being a storyteller and human and being passionate, has that always been part of your brand or has it evolved over time for you? It has evolved. I think that in this business, you will find what works for you on what what are you passionate about. And I think that this can apply to any discipline or industry. If you have a passion for something, you will find a passion. And if you pursue that passion, you will feel satisfied and that will become your brand. Yeah. Also, part of my brand is being myself too. I remember... Um, one of the news directors, directors that I work with in the past, his name is Freddie. Um, he promoted me from weekend anchor to weekdays in the afternoon. It was my first job to be in 4 to 5 p.m. It was a very good time, yeah. time spot. And I remember after the first newscast that I did, after the promotion, he called me to his office and I was like, oh my God, what happened? And she just asked me, like, what happened today? And I'm like, what do you mean what happened? Yes, you look tense. You look different. And I'm like, no, I was not. He's like, no, I want you to be you. 
Mm. I'm like, what do you mean that you want me to be me? So, you know, I want the guy that is outgoing, the guy that is relaxed, the guy that has, um, you call that in English, witty, right? Yeah. That you are a little bit witty and you have this sense of things, things and laugh about it. That's that's what I like from you. And I, I remember that I asked him three times because he said, like, that's the person that I want to see on TV. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> I remember that he looked at me, yes, I'm sure. And I'm like, are you sure? Three times I asked him, are you sure at the end? And I'm like, okay, now I know what his message was because I was trying to portray somebody that he was not me. Yeah, I was trying to be this rigid guy, serious. I don't blink with the story. I have to have my words perfectly all the time. I cannot have a reaction, but that's not me. And I remember the next day, well, I started to work on that. And he told me like, yeah, you have to be just yourself. So I evolved in that direction too. Maybe at the beginning of my career, I was trying to be somebody else. I was looking to big names in the industry, but I can be my own big name and I can become my own big name and be a reference to of being yourself, you know? And I remember the first time that they mentioned my husband on air, being a Hispanic, coming from a very conservative background. Um, that has always been kind of nerve-wracking for me, especially because you never know the reaction of people. But I've been lucky enough that I've been so transparent with our viewers that they know my life or they know my husband. I don't portray to be somebody else on my social media. They know him. I remember sometimes they know him and they say hi to him first because, oh my God, you're in weather <laughs> or, or something like that. But being transparent with the viewers and being able to show myself completely, that's part of my brand too. Yeah. Being honest with the viewer. And, and people connect with that. People know. I think that sometimes people underestimate the power of the viewer. And the viewers are very smart people. They know when you are true to yourself. They know when you are spoken from your heart or no. They connect with that. And I try to connect in that level. Again, going back to the human aspect. I'm just a regular guy with a public job, very public job. But at the end of the day, I can sit with you to eat on the street. If you have good tacos, let's eat the tacos together. Or whatever you want to do, I'm fine with that because I'm just... Same guys as you. I don't have anything else. Yes, I have a very public job, but it doesn't make me more or less than you. We are in the same level. And I think that being part of the LGBTQ community, that's something that we all look just to see the humanity in us and in others. And I've been blessed that the viewers have been generous with me to understand that and connect with that too. Absolutely. And I know being uh, an out LGBTQ plus journalist, you've also been nominated and won GLAAD Media Awards. So tell me about uh, about some of that journey and, and being able to cover stories about the community. I think being able to cover stories from the LGBTQ perspective, give another opportunity to humanize this issue to 
break stereotypes, to put on the table conversations that are necessary in our households, conversations that sometimes families, they don't want to have because they don't want to open the dialogue about. But if maybe the story that we did or the news special that we did in Telemundo, New York, with these five different pieces, give the opportunity to share history and in our language and our way to tell things, it will give the opportunity to maybe touch one family or two families or someone. And I remember that we have a very positive feedback from people back in the three-state area about how well the product was done, the stories that we choose to tell, the characters that we portrayed, the angles of the stories. And we were blessed enough to win the first GLAAD Award for Telemundo 47. And that was such an honor. We did it because we want to represent our community and share the -hmm. journey and share 50 years of history of Stonewall and the challenges ahead and just to keep the conversation going. If I will tell myself when I was 17 years old that I was going to do that, I would be like, you're crazy. I'm not going to be able (laughs) to talk about this open on air and do stories about this because I was afraid of rejection and all the things that come along with finding your own voice. But I'm glad that I can look at my 17-year-old self and tell like, yes, you're going to do this. Absolutely. So I have a couple of questions to close us out. We've been talking all about your brand, but what is your favorite brand as a consumer? What can't you live without? Hmm. <laughs> wow. This is a good I cannot live without RuPaul Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. And why are you why are you obsessed with RuPaul? Because after talking of tragedies on the news every day for several hours, all the harsh stuff that we are going through, that's my relief therapy. Like I I can disconnect myself and just immerse in that and have a laugh and just be part of this new phenomenon and and enjoy it. And yeah, sounds, sounds, I don't think that it would be a good answer for a journalist. I think that should be, oh no, I cannot live without the New York Times or the Washington Post. <laughs> Carlos, tell me, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? I think that I would be a classic sports car. Like maybe a Mustang I think a Mustang, one of the first models, but still being cool and evolving. But I think that that'll be something that I can resonate with. And why do you feel you're like that sports car? You know, because it was one of one of a kind at the beginning, right? Especially when they introduced the Mustang, you were like, "Oh my God, what is this? It's yeah. not going to work." And it's been on the market for decades, and it keeps evolving. Yeah. And it keeps showing new things and keep making people exciting. So even that is a model that was developed a couple of decades ago, it's still being relevant and still reinventing himself, himself. And I think that's part of my adventure as a journalist too. Just 
keep evolving and moving forward because otherwise, if I stay on the same model that I did 20 years ago when I graduated from, from journalism school, I don't think that we will be having this conversation. Yeah, exactly. And so, Carlos, finally, what's the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Network, network, network. Just <laughs> go and meet people. Don't be afraid to go to a seminar. Don't go afraid to reach out to somebody via email. Don't go afraid of just trying to connect with people in your industry, people that you look up to, because at the end of the day, your message will be in the hands of someone that if they are moved by whatever you want to express or whatever you are looking to, maybe you will hear back from them. Mm. And, and don't give up. Don't give up. If your dream is to become a TV journalist in a larger market like I had a couple of years ago, and here we are talking about this. And I remember when we met each other, Jason. Yeah. And you were so active in the company and you were doing these wonderful things for our community within the company that inspired you. And we network. Yeah. And we connect. And now we are talking about your experience as a businessman and with your own business and trying to keep people inspired and moving forward. So network and don't give up. Well, I love that. Network and don't give up. Carlos Zapata, thank you so much for uh, sharing your stories and being so human and passionate. It's been amazing talking to you and having you on the show. Thank you very much, Jason. I appreciate it. And please come back to Dallas soon. I hope it's not 110 degrees like this right now, but <laughs> we will have good tacos and good mixed mix eggs food here in Texas. Absolutely. Well, I'll be back in Dallas for Unleashed LGBTQ September 22nd through 24th. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an awesome way to celebrate the intersection of the Out and Equal Workplace Summit and Hispanic Heritage Month than having my good friend Carlos Zapata on. You know, Carlos just has so much energy and so much love. But what really stood out for me from my conversation with Carlos was the whole need to network and more importantly, make sure that you are following up. I love that Carlos's entire career story is about making connections, reaching out to people, but instead of just dropping the ball after collecting a business card or connecting on LinkedIn, it was all about his determination, his follow-up, and making sure he was clear with people what he wanted and enlisting people's support. So that's my challenge for you. How have you followed up with one of your contacts and what can you do in the next week to keep those embers burning?
Well, that's our show for this week. If you loved what you heard, make sure that you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll bring you a brand new show every single week. Remember to check out our full Hispanic Heritage Month collection at leadwithyourbrand.com slash Latinx so that you can hear amazing Latinx voices from our past seasons. Now, check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. Platforms, and most of all, and most importantly of all, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. In your career, make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.